This episode of Ask Theory was made possible by the Mercury Drug Foundation Incorporated, a private, non-stock, non-profit organization, and the corporate social responsibility arm of Mercury Drug Corporation. As Spanish-American philosopher George Santayana once said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. As it turns out, this aphorism is especially true when it comes to public health. While knowledge and memory may not always be enough to prevent a health crisis, they can certainly help us determine how to act and identify what to prepare for. Which raises the question, could we have been more prepared for COVID-19 if we'd paid more attention to our own public health history and if we'd fixed what needed to be fixed while we still had time to do so? Our guest on today's show is Dr. Edri Alcanzare, a frontliner. He is a public health physician and pathology resident trying to make sense of the health system and the many ways it can be improved. Our interview took place in November 2020, but the stories and insights he shared, which came from serving as both a rural physician and a COVID-19 frontliner, are definitely still relevant. We talked about how both science fiction and reality can become the gateway to the medical path, a pandemic that hit the Philippines over a hundred years ago, why history, arts, and social sciences should help form the foundation of any STEM career, the most terrifying thing about COVID-19 that not a lot of people know or realize, and whether anyone can truly win against COVID-19. Welcome to this special episode of Ask Theory, the first of two parts. Kamusta, Doc? Ito, uh, ano pa naman, so far, COVID-19 negative since uh, <laughs> March. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, uh, magsisimula ako sa, ano, sa serious na note, uh, siguro mga tatlo or apat na dun sa mga colleagues ko in the same department, uh, nag, ano na, nag-COVID positive sila. So, oh, man. it's really a matter of concern for for a lot of us. Oh nga. it's been and it's been eight months, ano? It's been yes. eight months uh, since the start of uh, yung lockdowns dito sa uh, Philippines. Yes, yung isang ano? Just ano? We're gonna digress, pero isa idasadon sa mga kasama ko, dalawang beses na siya nagpositive. Oh man. Currently, kasi uh, there are articles or there are ano uh, leading scientists uh, who think who believe that uh, COVID nineteen may actually be worse the second time around. It's 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 really sad, and you know, reading about these things, then reading about the updates. Parang minsan nga ayoko nang ma-update. Eh. Like it's it's bad, pero parang ayoko nang ma-update kasi parang I I rarely read anything that's good. I mean, aside from the occasional update on the vaccine trial or whatever. Well, yeah. Karamihan na announce before peer review, which is medyo nakakabahala din minsan. Uh. Uh, there, there's a point of concern if you've heard that uh, na yung Pfizer round 90% um, efficacy yung yes, vaccine nila. Kaso the first uh, the first to report it was the Wall Street Journal. So ako parang huge grain of salt there when it's the worst uh, the Wall Street Journal doing the reporting. I always wait for yung confirmation na uh, when the scientific publications actually start you know hmm. putting out there. You know, just like with with the other news na parang uh, sabi nga nung nabasa ko, parang it's it's science by publicity, yes. which we should avoid. Yes, yes, definitely. 
we've heard a lot of stories tungkol sa mga COVID-19 frontliner, but straight from you, kumusta ba ang isang typical day ng isang COVID-19 frontliner and what have you been working on recently? Uh, my job as a pathology resident uh, is basically mag-swab ng, uh, ng mga patients. So yung first uh, six weeks ko, uh, nung nag-start yung quarantine, yung lockdowns, was uh, I would uh, basically go to various areas in the hospital, uh, uh, the designated na wards para sa mga COVID patients or COVID suspects. I'll do the paperwork, basically prepare uh, what is called a case investigation form. Dahil bago yung ano natin, yung disease natin, every single uh, data that can be, every single piece of information about the patient, where the patient has gone, where the patient works, saan siya, yan, saan siya nakatira, uh, down to the barangay actually. Kailangan malaman ng ating health system para matingnan kung ito ba ay isang uh, tawag dito, kung ito ba ay isang tinatawag na COVID-19 hotspot. Mm-hmm. Tapos nun, pag nagawa ko na yung paperwork, pag nasigurado ko na na yung paperwork natin ay uh, tawag dito, kompleto at hindi siya, ano, hindi siya mare-reject pag nadala na dun sa laboratory, uh, I am, uh, ang gagawin ko, mag insert ako ng dalawang swabs yung una dun sa uh, loob ng bibig hanggang sa makita ko yung mga tonsils uh, ang end nung swab na to so on the end na papasok dun sa pasyente are, it's either dacron or rayon uh, which will take yung mga cells so konting cells lang and hopefully kung, kung infected yung patient with ano, SARS so severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus Two, yun yung tawag dun sa pathogen or yung mikrobyo na nagpo-cause ng COVID-19, makakukuha ng mga cells na yun. Okay? Tapos yung pangalawang swab, ganun rin, pero mas flexible ng konti kasi ipapasok naman siya sa ilong para makakuha dun sa generally uh, sa anatomy natin, yung area na yun eh, magkadikit kasi daanan yun ng hangin papunta ng lungs natin o ng baga natin. Uh-huh. Uh, first six weeks, gano'n ang ginagawa ko uh, 24 hours duty Tapos Ouch. magpapahinga Tapos uh, Ang ano ang sabi sa amin Basta hindi ka kailangan, hindi ka duty Huwag kang papasok So every three days, babalik ako sa hospital For 24 hours duty And then binigyan kami ng 14-day quarantine at doon, pagkatapos nung, well, sa kalagitnaan ng 14-day quarantine na yun, yung, uh, akala namin kasi, babalik na tayo to normal around June or July. Well, wishful thinking. Kasi technically, nasa specialty training pa ako ng pathology, which is my second specialty. My first specialty, or what I call my first love sa medisina, public health talaga. Aha. So, yung sa, ano, as a trainee, meron pa kaming mga kailangan kasi tapusin. Research papers. Dalawang research papers, autopsies. Akala namin, babalik kami sa ganun. Uh, nag-try kaming bumalik sa ganun klaseng system. Hindi pumasa dun sa hospital administration kasi ang dami pa rin mga pasyente. 
So ngayon, ang nangyayari na every month for one week, uh, nagsaswab kami ng mga outpatient na healthcare workers. So basically, lahat ng healthcare workers dun sa hospital where I work, which is a major ano, referral center na wala pa rin laboratory hanggang sa ngayon. Wow. Yeah, imagine major referral center for COVID-19 pero walang laboratory na magte-test, nagse-send out pa rin kami sa iba. Okay. So, i ano, ang gagawin ko uh, yung the same thing but uh, limited to only two hours a day and then after that, yun, balik naman dun sa normal na trabaho namin bilang isang pathology trainee. Ang um, we're we're job uh, we're drug, ano kami ng two different roles at the same time. Oh, kasi hindi naman mag magbe-break 'yan dahil lang sa COVID eh, no? Exactly. And ano, uh, later this month magkakaroon kami ng in-service examination wherein lahat ng mga pathology residents sa Pilipinas uh, kailangan mag-gauge ng specialty society kung natututo sila. Eh Let's just say na ganito. Uh, ang trabaho ng isang pathology resident, one half of the, uh, dun sa trabaho niya bago nagkaroon ng COVID is anything na tinanggal sa loob ng katawan ng isang tao, puputulin niya. So, yun yung tinatawag na grossing or uh, cutting cutting day. I-convert ito into slides para makita kung anong klaseng cells yung tinanggal doon and whether etong if kung may bukol doon if it is cancer or not cancer or another disease process entirely yun so titingnan ko underneath the microscope normally nakakatanggap kami ng mga lampas 10,000 specimens na hahat paghahati-hatian namin among 20 residents right now hindi pa kami nakakaabot ng 5000 specimens hindi pa kami nangangalahati dun sa annual namin na 10 to 11000 na specimens and it's the, the year is almost over yeah so and the best way kasi talaga to learn is to have specimens to look at them under the yung yun nga, yung eye to glass time eh walang nangyayaring ganun na na learning kaya kami nagtataka ano ang maaaral namin, ano matututunan namin, lalo na yung mga uh, baguhan pa lang, yung mga first-year residents, uh, dun sa specimens na nakuha nila, kakaunting specimens na nakuha nila ngayong taon na ito. Grabe. And it, it becomes clear na, you know, this really is a labor of love. Yung getting into medicine, into public health, uh, being a medical practitioner, it really is a you have to have love and passion for the craft. Which leads me to my next question. Paano ka ba na-inlove sa science, specifically sa medicina? Well, uh, to quote uh, the Joker dun sa, ano, dun sa Batman comic na, yun, the one where si Barbara Gordon, yung nabal, nabaldado siya. Killing joke. Yes. Multiple choice past. Uh, meron ako nung A, yung lighthearted one, and B, the serious, ano, the serious one. Okay. So, simula muna tayo dun sa light-hearted one. Mahilig ako sa Star Trek. Uh, it's a science fiction show kung saan uh, normally may isang spaceship na gumagala around around space, meet different cultures, 
yun, exploration. Yung theme of exploration. Lalo na, ano, it was very popular in the, it was popular during the 1960s. Uh, na, oh well, for for science fiction nerds, yes. Hindi siya popular mainstream. Pero nagkaroon siya ng revival during the 1980s. Nagkaroon ng golden age all the way until 2005. Mm-hmm. Tapos ngayon, famous na naman so much that people I don't normally think na manonood ng Star Trek dahil they're not uncool. As in, you know, hindi naman sila nerds. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually nanonood ng, ano, ng Star Trek ngayon. And sa Star Trek kasi, uh, in the ship, there is a chief medical officer. And that, yung, yung since high school, ang naiisip ko, uh, I gravitate towards yung mga uh, katulad ni yun, yung mga characters na, yun, yung sila yung nandun sa, ano, nandun sa medical, ano, uh, dun sa medical field ng no, no ship or ng no space station, like Dr. Julian Bashir, Bones McCoy, uh, mm-hmm. yes, si, ano, si, tabito si Beverly Crusher, the, yung emergency medical hologram, at saka si Dr. Flox. Tapos, meron rin akong isang, ano, noong high school, uh, mahilig akong magbasa na mga nobela ni Patricia Cornwell tungkol sa isang forensic pathologist si uh, Case Carpeta. Uh, ito medyo uh, it's a long complicated ano and mahirap siyang i-explain kasi yun hindi talaga siya well kahit sabihin mong paperback siya hindi siya super in the mainstream okay? Uh-huh. Uh, but forensic pathology is a subspecialty of uh, what I am trying to ano, to enter yung second specialty ko, yung pathology. And it's basically uh, examining bodies, uh, examining yung mga unnatural deaths to see what is the cause of death. So kung kunyari, um, merong nahanap na bangkay in a river, uh, considered unnatural, ano yan, an, an unnatural death. Kasi normally, hindi ka makakahanap ng bangkay sa river. So, aalamin kung ano yung nag-cause ng death na to. Baka nalunod lang pala to during, during yung typhoon. So, kung, kung ganun, at least alam natin that it wasn't, uh, nothing illegal happened. Pero, kung kunyari, may nahanap na uh, marks sa katawan or damage or uh, tawag dito, injuries dun sa katawan na mm-hmm. mukhang caused by someone like force, like uh, blunt force, so may have been a violent death, then uh, further investigation must be done. Okay. So yun yung forensic pathology. O yung serious side naman, kung bakit uh, tawag dito, kung bakit ako na, na ano, na ging interesado sa life sciences. Uh, lahat ng Pilipino, meron silang experience dun sa healthcare system natin na hindi maganda. And sa akin, uh, I didn't, hindi ako lumaki ng, ano, ng, yung mahirap, okay? Uh, yung tatay ko, uh, empleyado ng, ano, ng isang car manufacturer at saka later car dealership. So, meron siyang health coverage. Hindi siya blue-collar worker, okay? Mm-hmm. So, nasa management ano, position siya. Meron siyang health insurance plan. Pero kahit na may health insurance plan siya, almost 20 years 
today, so magtatu, ah, sorry, oh yeah, 20 years today, uh, in fact, just one month from now, magta-20th anniversary na. Nagkaroon siya ng stroke, din, dinala siya sa hospital na ang natatandaan ko, hindi kasi siya covered ng insurance niya dun sa hospital na yon. Pero ang alam na history ng, ng nanay ko, eh, covered daw siya. So sabi ko, kung covered siya, bakit hindi siya nabigyan ng proper na care nung dinala siya sa emergency room? Bakit pa siya kinailangan na dalhin sa isa pang hospital along Aurora Boulevard para lang magamot doon? And later on, nawala yung kanyang capacity for language kasi yun yung da, ano, uh, major, ano, major dito, yun yung effect ng stroke sa kanya. Other people, pag nagkaroon sila ng stroke, they can't move yung kalahati ng katawan nila. Siya, nawala completely yung language. Uh, limited yung kanyang reading comprehension. Almost zero yung kanyang speech comprehension, except for a few words. Tapos, madalas yung lalabas sa bibig niya ay, are either inappropriate words or the right word, but only one word lang yung tama. Tapos, uh, yun, yung kanyang, ano, yung kanyang writing din hanggang sa wow, words to, to at most phrases ang kaya niyang i-express. So, yung ganong klaseng bagay, and this happened in high school, kaya ako naging uh, curious, ano ba itong health system natin na ito? Bakit ganito siya? At yung tao na i-expect mo, hindi hindi masuscrew over dapat ng system kasi meron siyang health insurance, eh naging victim pa rin ng system. And of course, may ano yun, may repercussions na walang siya ng trabaho and we had to we had to live on ano on handouts for uh, a long time. So sabi ko, kailangan kung maintindihan ano ba ang problema ng health system natin. This story is not, probably not uncommon. I can yes. tell na maraming maraming Pilipino na nakakaranas ito na hindi lang nasasabi or hindi lang nabibigyan ng pagkakataon na maikwento yung, yung gayotong kwento or hindi ito yung path na pinili. Pero I'm sure na yes. maraming nakaka-relate kumbaga sa oh. problema sa healthcare system natin. Sabi nga raw nila, we are only one hospitalization away from bankruptcy and poverty. That's the reality sa atin. Yeah, I can actually, I agree. I can actually see that. Even even as just an ordinary citizen, reading the news, uh, kahit, yung, uh, kahit yung makita ko yung pila sa hospital, yes. uh, naalala ko nung, nung yung father ko ay nalaman namin na may cancer siya. And we had to uh, line up sa PGH. Mm. And sobrang, doon kung masasabing namulat yung mata ko sa, sa talagang hirap ng tao. Lalo na yung, yung alam mong dapat sana matutulungan sila sa, sa sakit, sa papasanin. Kasi mahirap na nga yung buhay. Uh-huh. Tapos wala pang masandalan sa oras na matinding sakit. And kahit yung mga pasyente mismo nakapila sa labas, parang it's heartbreaking. Ah, at may isip mo rin doon, uh, ito yung palagi kong sinasabi when it comes to yung mga preventable na na, na cancers. Kasi uh, isa sa mga ginagawa ko, aside from being uh, pathology resident, nagbibigay ako ng mga corporate health lectures. Uh, uh, there's this uh, HMO that I ano, that regularly taps me na magbigay ng mga health lectures 
sa iba't-ibang mga companies that that HMO uh, covers or has been retained by ano that company as their ano their health ano uh, HMO provider okay so ang ano ang sinasabi ko parate when it comes to cancers kasi kahit sabihin niyo na may mga treatment options na ngayon at maganda na yung yung survival rate if it's still preventable might as well go for yung prevention talaga iwasan kasi kung iisipin natin Ah, uh, yung, yung prevention kasi sobrang cheap or yung yung screening. For example, yung cervical cancer. Pag na-screen kasi yan, natingnan yung pap smear doon sa babae at na ano na pag dito na nahuli yung ano, nahuli yung uh, cervical cancer ng maaga-aga, mas maliit yung babayaran kaysa doon sa point na kakailanganin mo pa ng radiotherapy or ng chemotherapy which sometimes costs sabihin na natin na yung ibang vial isang vial lang nung ano nung chemotherapy or chemo, chemotherapeutic drugs uh, nasa 42 to 50,000 pesos and that's some of the cheapest may mga iba pa na lumalampas raw ng 100,000 pesos a vial okay so yun yung right. ano, yeah prevention din talaga sabi nga an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure It's stere- ano, it's stereotypical but just because it's stereotypical doesn't mean it's not true. And sickness has been on the minds of Filipinos for the past few months actually health, you know, uh disease and that's largely because of well the biggest I would say the biggest health problem that we hear about in the news almost all of the time na parang minsan you'll, you minsan I think people think Uh, you know, they're they're kind of sick of hearing about it, which we'll get into later on. But yun nga, talking about that that sickness, which is of course the sickness of 2020, COVID-19. Um, it's it took pretty much everyone by surprise. I don't think na the, the average person or even a lot of our health experts were anticipating or predicting this, especially dito sa Pilipinas. And so I'm curious. Sa buong kasaysayan ba ng Pilipinas, Doc, meron ba tayong naranasan na, na, na pandemic or sickness na on this level? Uh, yung 1980 na, ano, na influenza pandemic, which has, yung uh, name niya nung panahon na yun was the Spanish flu. Na ang suspicion, oh, okay. uh, yung, ano, uh, because everyone thought nanggaling siya sa Spain, Although a lot of uh, scientists and researchers uh, point out that it may have yung nanggaling siya somewhere in Asia. Actually, yung ano nila doon, yung iniisip, yung 1918 was ano was very uh dito, very interesting kasi yan yung end of World War 1. So ang iniisip nila, yung vector is yung mga soldiers na nagsisibalikan from sa mga home countries nila after fighting a war in Europe. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, I tried to do yung, yun nga, yung research dito, eh, isang article sa Manila Bulletin regarding uh, yung ano, inputs ng former National Historical Commission uh, chair, ano, chairman and Professor Ambeth Ocampo about uh, infectious disease outbreaks sa, ano, sa Pilipinas. And Uh, it's basically a uh, a hype piece. So parang 
it wants you to be curious without giving away too much information. Kulang yung binigay na information dito kasi gusto nila pumunta ka sa Ayala Museum virtual uh, virtual tour, okay? At yung Cultural Center of the Philippines sining sigla na ano na na tours, okay? Tapos meron uh, pa akong nahanap na libro uh, Agents of the Agents of Apocalypse, Epidemic Diseases in the Colonial Philippines by Ken De Bevoise. Uh, it is published by John, Johns Hopkins University, if I remember correctly. Uh, meron siyang Kindle edition at nasa wishlist ko na siya sa, sa Kindle <laughs> kasi ang, it costs $41. <laughs> wow! Yeah, wow, you, yeah. Yes, okay. So ma- maganda siyang basahin kaso $41 eh. Well, ano, mag-iipon o oh, mag-iipon muna ako. Siguro mga ano pa yan, mga dalawa tatlong corporate health lectures bago ko mabili. <laughs> Pero maganda nga, maganda nga siya. Oh, parang gusto ko rin tuloy. Makapag-ipon uh, nga. Yes. Uh, oh, tama. It's Johns Hopkins University. Ah, uh, yung ano, ang nabasa ko tungkol dito ay isang review na ano, uh, binigyan nila ng mabilis na review, just five paragraphs and it's basically about uh, yung period na 1883 to 1903. So as you can see, uh-huh. relatively limited yung pagkakaalam na yung kaalaman natin regarding uh, public health nung panahon ng mga Kastila. Imagine 1883 lang yung earliest na nakuha niya. Uh, at the very least, yung panahon kasi ng mga Amerikano or nung ano, nung kolo- American colonial period, medyo may ano tayo, maganda yung record keeping natin dyan. Eh, nung panahon kasi ng mga Kastila, uh, siguro yung mga records were lost, hindi rin natin sigurado. I mean, isa sa mga problema natin right now is walang mga healthcare workers sa ating mga rural area or hindi naman wala pero sobrang limited or sobrang konti ng mga healthcare workers sa ating mga rural areas. So you can imagine kung how much worse it is nung panahon ng mga Kastila. Wala, kasi, wala pa silang mga uh, doctors to the barrios noon. Okay? Uh, tawag dito. So, tinitingnan ko ito, ang sinasabi lang daw na mga outbreaks kadalasan from that period ng 1883 eh, to 1903, eh, usually mga outbreaks ng syphilis, outbreaks, yun, mga sexually transmitted infections. So, okay. Uh, which is interesting considering, di ba, ano tayo, bansang katoliko tayo, di ba? Eh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Medyo... So, oh, mm. Oh, mm, mapapaisip ka. Syphilis. Sexually transmitted infection yan eh. Tapos, uh, isa pang outbreak, um, yung uh, every now and then daw, magkakaroon ng outbreak ng smallpox. Uh, magkakaroon ng outbreak din daw ng... Tawag dito, magkakaroon ng outbreaks tayo na uh, bubonic plague. Dahil yung mga rat fleas na nanggagaling doon sa uh, Manila, yung Manila Galleon trade natin. Yeah. Oo. And, and I, I don't... Oh, yung mga dala ng mga uh, tag dito. 
Ano ba yung fleas? Stowaway. Yeah, stowaway na ano na rats, rat fleas, okay. So I I know, I don't I don't know about you pero I I, I hope may na-notice kang pattern regarding dun sa mga outbreaks na nangyayari sa Pilipinas during the colonial times na pwede nating ma pagito ma compare dun sa nangyayari nangyayari ngayon. Meron actually and I'm, I'm and aside from that naisip ko rin na yung maliban do sa pattern na yun, uh, naisip ko rin yung gap in knowledge mm-hmm. natin na I think this is an interesting thing feeling ko pag I, w- I might do a bit of extra research on this after this podcast. So meron akong bagong yes. pet project. <laughs> And let me uh, and ano ah, ito rin kasi yung ano yung ating uh, dito, yung ating uh, concern ngayon with regards to to the stem okay di ba yung sinasabi nila na ang stem daw nawawala ng respect for the liberal arts for the arts for for literature uh-huh. for the social sciences and I've actually experienced a lot of that uh, bilang isang liberal arts graduate nung pumasok sa med school Mm-hmm. Uh, during ano during the curriculum of med schools sa atin masyadong geared uh dun sa ano dun sa what ano what people would call the hard sciences uh, ayaw mm-hmm. nilang magbigay ng focus dun sa such things as historical context history uh, anthropology and yung yung social sciences in fact Uh, nung ano nung estudyante ako yung mga uh, professors or yung mga subjects namin that did try to inject yung mga ganyang classing topics yung mga kakla- marami sa mga kaklase ko hindi na mag-aattend kasi hindi it's either hindi interesting para sa kanila or siguro parang parang yung mga RGEP courses or general education courses nung ano nung college kami na hindi siya main ano hindi siya major course so uh, hindi kailangan pagtuunan ng pansin wow yeah oh, parang feeling na ay hindi naman hindi naman impo- hindi gan- parang eh, sorry for the ano pero parang hindi ganoon ka importante yeah, exactly parang ganoon yung ano yung yung approach not just by uh, the professors but by a lot of the students as well and maybe because of the influence ng mga professors which should it be i mean Mahirap na maging doktor sa Pilipinas nang wala kang uh, insights at wala kang knowledge regarding the history of of medicine and of public health in the Philippines. Yeah. I think it would solve a lot of problems if we if we knew how to look back and exactly. sort of yun, identify the patterns. And and the problem is a lot of our ano a lot of our med- medical graduates and I would I would ano I would admit that I'm one of them are so unaware and so ignorant of uh, the history of ano of the health system of the Philippine health system yeah talking about awareness based on what you've observed summary lang siguro kamusta na ba ang lagay ng covid-19 sa Pilipinas o kamusta na ba ang lagay ng Pilipinas sa panahon ng covid-19 uh okay there una-una ang sasabihin ko palagi is there is no such thing as ano as as winning kasi a lot of people keep on saying winning eh what about the the, the people na 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 namatay diba yung mga the ones who are not so lucky especially yung mga health workers na 
hindi naabutan yung mga donations of personal protective equipment pero kailangan pa rin sila to perform their duty and their responsibilities as a as as a health worker so ay ayoko sabihing winning and ano ah take please take this ano this statement with a grain of salt for what it is uh-huh. for the past several days i think nakaka 2 weeks na na hindi lumalampas ng 3,000 yung mga bagong cases natin. Yeah. So may steady ano tayo, steady na numbers lang dun sa increase. Although, yun, yung caveat kasi dyan, o yung ating ano, yung ating grain of salt is only 15,000 people are being tested uh, everyday. Na dati, na nakahit tayo ng high of around 50 to 70,000 people being tested everyday. Uh, there are reasons for this. Yung una, uh, mm-hmm. for a while, merong isang laboratory na sabi nila hindi na sila magtetest dahil hindi pa sila nababayaran. Uh, okay. Okay. So, oh, man. Uh, smarter, ano, smarter listeners would know kung ano laboratory yun. Uh, I don't want to earn the ire again <laughs> of certain personalities. Yeah, and this really happened. So it has to be yeah, discussed. Well, it has to be brought up. Yes. So yeah. And the second the second thing is uh ang ating mga testing kits ay dependent dun sa mga nai-import and yun yung per- procurement, okay? O yung pag-purchase ng ng bawat laboratory. And we're in a period of economic trouble. So, uh, okay pa siguro yung some of the government, ano, government laboratories, they can afford to buy dahil, mm-hmm. uh, they can afford to buy dahil may, may war chest, merong, yeah, yung, yung, yung budget, ng, ano, national budget. Uh, pero yung mga ibang, ano, private uh, testing, private laboratories na hindi na, yun, hindi nga sila na, na re-reimburse dun sa mga pinetest nila, eh, hindi naman pwede kasing i-promissory note nila dun sa supplier ng testing kits from abroad na, o, oh, muna, kukunin na namin to kailangan na kailangan. So, yun, baka, yun rin, may factor na yun na they can't, hindi nila kayang mag-test as much as they were doing during during the height of the, the testing. But otherwise, yun nga, uh, nasa steady, ano, steady rate tayo. Hindi siya yung biglang taas, hindi katulad nung one time na yung highest natin na increase is 7,000. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, ang laking news nun. Uh, regarding sa test kits, kasi uh, maraming nababalita na gumag may nabalita at least one uh, testing kit na dinevelop ng mga Pilipino. And uh-huh. this has been explained to me na rin naman uh, before, yung, 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 yung rapid testing kit and yung compatibility and all. Pero for the benefit of our listeners, bakit may problema pa rin tayo sa supply ng testing kit? Kung, ang, kung gumagawa rin naman pala yung mga scientists natin ng uh, testing kit. Okay. Una, yung Uh, yung reagents para makagawa ng mga testing kits rin nun ay they're, they're, they're made at, ano, at a cost. Okay? Uh-huh. So, second, uh, yung ano mo rin, yung difficulty with the uh, yung 
demand I'm uh, sorry supply cannot keep up with demand and i think yun yung ano kailangan nating i ano rin uh, if, uh, if there are people willing to advocate is to push for uh, a yun a, a larger investment sa biotechnology uh dahil if they were able to do this with their uh with their limited ano with their limited budget imagine how much more could be done kung ano ko mas mataas yung budget ng ating biotech field dito. Oo nga eh. Talagang funding pa rin ano, funding talaga ang thinking about how how things would be like if if things don't improve. It's it's actually really scary. Yung yes. I mean we've all been wanting some sense of normalcy pero habang nilipas sa mga linggo parang either nasasanay or natatakot or nangangamba na hindi nababalik sa normal. Pero as a frontliner or as someone who has seen, who sees what's going on, ano yung isang pinaka-nakatakot na bagay about COVID-19 na maybe hindi na nalalaman ng maraming tao? Uh, ang iniisip kasi ng mga tao, and ako guilty ako na during the time na nagbibigay ako ng corporate health lectures about new diseases, magpo-focus ako dun sa case fatality rate. And ang COVID-19 overall, ang sasabihin nila, eh, nasa 1 or at worst, 1 to 2% lang naman ang case fatality rate. Pero yun nga, there are some, ano, there are some research articles na nagsasabi na as, much, as many as 10 to 20% ng mga tao who contract COVID-19 need to go to the hospital. And sabihin na natin between 5 to yung 5 to 15% per, na nagpositive nagkakaroon sila ng lasting damage okay hindi yun may may scar formation dun sa lungs nila hindi na nila kayang mag-exercise ng normally or uh, may may damage sa kidneys uh, may mga case studies na na ganun na nagkaroon ng damage dun sa kidneys So sa akin, nakakatakot yun na nagkakaroon ka ng hindi siya obvious na disability but let's call it a, ano eh, a disability. It's a la- it's yeah. lasting damage that will no longer allow you to function or makapagtrabaho ng 100%. So imagine mo magkakaroon ka ng COVID-19 eh isa sa ang iyong tra- ang iyong trabaho o inyong hanap buhay eh mostly physical activity. And then after COVID-19, hihingalin ka na, nag-ano ka lang, nag-exert ka lang ng little effort. Hindi ka pa, hindi ka pa yung, uh, tawag dito, hindi pa yung usual na trabaho mo, hingal na hingal ka na. Oo. Oh. And uh, early on, actually, parang mid, mid this year, may nabasa akong article sa, I, I think it was the New York Times, I can't remember, but, but it was one of the more, you know, credible Uh, U.S. publications. And it, it was an essay by someone who recovered from COVID-19. I think it was one of the first times na nabasa ko na merong, merong parting gift or lasting effects. Yon, yon, yon. Yes. Uh, sabi niya, magmula nung gumal- gumaling siya from COVID-19, nawala na yung sense of coordination niya. Lagi siya nauuntog, nadadapa, nadudulas. Neuro- ah, there's a, yeah, there, there is a, ano, there is a dito entity na tinatawag namin na neurocovid wherein covid-19 itself through us yung through a still unknown mechanism 
may actually cause uh, damage dun sa central nervous system natin. At isa pa sa mga, okay, uh, yung tanong mo kanina, uh, nakakatakot. Isa pang nakakatakot na, ano, na bagay tungkol sa COVID-19, uh, nagka, nagkakaroon na ng mga, nakarinig na ako ng mga apat na hanggang limang kaso na kung saan may mga uh, health workers na nagkaroon ng COVID-19 at ang kasama dun sa mga symptoms nila ay hallucinations, uh, behavioral changes, or yun, ano, uh, yung iba tinatawag na encephalopathy wherein hindi sila nasa tamang pag-iisip nila. Okay? So, ganun yung epekto ng COVID-19 sa ano nila, sa, sa brain. Parang, para siyang, para siyang grab bag of bad effects. And, ano? and it, it, it's, oh. it, it's expected kasi it's a, it's a very new disease eh. Thanks for tuning in. Help us shine the spotlight on more Pinoy scientists by leaving us a rating and a review. Subscribe to our podcast to get new episodes every week.